بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to another edition of the program Al-Fiqh على المذاهب الأربعة That is jurisprudence according to the four schools of thought I'm your host Muhammad Musa Bera And with me in the studios is Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah Mufti Saab Wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Alhamdulillah for the past few weeks we've been discussing nikah And today we'll also be discussing nikah But the subject will be the rights of the spouses and we start off with the first question. And the first question is, explain the types of rights that spouses have. Mufti Sahib. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulihil kareem. Amma abad. All praise is due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher and cherisher of this universe. Peace, blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When we study Islam, we realize that it is not something that is man-made, it is divine, directly from Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in his farewell khutbah, where he mentioned so many issues, there Nabi Alayhi Salatu Salam said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ أَعْطَى كُلَّ ذِي حَقٍ حَقَّ Verily, Almighty Allah has given every person who is eligible to a right, their rights, so today there's a big you and cry in the world about human rights. Islam has spoken about all of these issues more than 1400 years ago. And specifically when we look at the spouses, the husband and wife, then we can categorize it into three categories. One is the rights of the husband over his wife. Secondly, the rights of the wife over her husband. And third, the rights would be that are common between the husband and wife. Jazakallah Mufti Sahib. So as you just mentioned, there's three different rights. Let us start with the first one. What are the rights that are common between both spouses, that is the husband and the wife? The rights that are common between the husband and the wife are several, and all are mentioned in the Quran Sharif or in the Sunnah of Nabi alayhi salatu salam. But at random we will mention some of them, there are many more. For example, we will say that Tawaruth. Tawaruth means that the right of inheriting when the husband passes away, then the wife inherits, and that we know that the wife will inherit one quarter or one eighth. If there is no child or children of the husband, then she will inherit a quarter, and if there is child or children, then one eighth. And the husband will inherit from the wife if the wife predeceases him. So that is one right already that is common between husband and wife. The second one is Hurmatul Musahara. Hurmatul Musahara means that I am married, you have sub-married. So my mother-in-law, whether she, uh, whether my wife dies or whether Allah forbid a person divorces his wife, so his, that person's mother-in-law would be perpetually haram upon that person. There would be no hijab between him and his mother-in-law. Now this is common that the wife and the father-in-law so it works both ways. 
So if you take the son-in-law and the mother-in-law, and you take the daughter-in-law and the father-in-law, so we call it Hurmatul Musahara, and Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla has mentioned this in the Quran, وَأُمَّهَاتُ nisaikum And the mothers of your wives. So similarly, it means the fathers-in-laws of the daughter-in-law, so that would also be haram as well, forever that is. And Almighty Allah has mentioned this as a bounty upon human being. Almighty Allah has made this human being and created him from the semen and the fluid. And Almighty Allah has given him a lineage. I am the son of Ismail Hussein and he is the son of Usman and so forth. So it goes on. So that is our lineage. Sihra means an in-laws. So this is a bounty and a favor of Almighty Allah and it works both ways. Similarly, we look at Thubutun Nasab. Thubutun Nasab means that now when that couple are blessed with the child, so the lineage would go to the father, but both of them will say, this is my son, this is my daughter. So it shows that these are rights that are common between a husband and wife. And obviously another one would be that they should live with one another with respect and love. But we will elaborate on that, inshallah, in detail. So these at random are the rights that are common between husband and wife. Jazakallah Mufti Sahib, now that we've understood the rights that are common between both spouses, what are the rights of the wife, only the wife? When we say what are the rights of the wife, it means that what should the husband do for his wife and what is she entitled to demand or to request. So from the outset we need to understand, and this is a basic error which many, many of us make, that is the husbands, that we think that Islam only tells us to give them money or to give them a certain amount and finish. Remember that when we speak of the rights of the wife, that is, we as husbands need to fulfill their rights, we subdivide that into two categories. One is al-hukuk maliyah, that is the monetary rights. So every husband has to give his wife shelter, every husband has to give his wife food and maintain her and clothing. All this is clearly mentioned in the Quran. Almighty Allah says upon the father, upon the husband, is the duty that he has to give the risk, the maintenance, so the shelter and the food, the clothing, this is the golden word of the Quran, that ma'aruf, you work with equity and justice. So Islam is not categorized or specified any amount because of different times, different places, However, every person should have this as a barometer. How you want someone to treat your daughter, your sister, similarly, you should treat your wife. You make them stay where you are staying. So you cannot be staying in some Porsche flat and luxury flat and you keep our wives in some outbuilding and in some place which is really in, you know, a dilapidated place. All that would be unacceptable. So the right of the wife would be 
that she is entitled to have roti kapra makan, as they say in Urdu, the food, and thereafter the clothing and the house, whether it is the house belonging to the husband or whether he pays rental for it, so that is irrespective, but the shelter must be given to the wife from the husband and is doing her no favor, this is compulsory upon him. So this is to do with the mal, with the wealth and the monetary things. Thereafter, he has to give a mahar also. The mahar is the marital gift. That is a proper translation of this in our Islamic terminology. And the wives must be paid the mahar. So the nihla, nihla means it's a gift. So it should be given wholeheartedly by the husband. And when we study the rationale and wisdom of mahar, we come to realize that mahar is that which Islam has told the husbands to pay the wives, and this is the exclusive right of the wife. No person can take it away from her, nor the father of that lady, nor the husband can take it back from her. The Quran has spoken about that. Yes, if she willingly, without coercion, gives it back to the husband, or a portion of it, that's fine. But no one can impose it upon her, as is done in many Muslim societies nowadays. So Quran said, وَآتَيْتُمْ إِحْدَاهُنَّ you have given her abundant and they've given your wife abundant amount of uh, gold or silver or money or whatever else it might be. You'd some. فَلَا تَأْخُذُوا مِنْهُ Do not take anything from her. So it means do not take anything back after you have consummated your marriage. So it means that Islam is telling us that that is the exclusive right of the wife. Thereafter, when we have discussed the roti kapramakan, the shelter, the house, and the food maintenance, and we speak about the, uh, the, 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 the clothing, the, again we go to the Qur'an, and this is the beauty of the Qur'an. That Qur'an says, لِيُنْفِكْ ذُو سَعَتِمْ مِنْ سَعَتِ وَمَنْ قُدِرَ عَلَيْهِ رِزْقُهُ فَلْيُنْفِكْ It's obvious that we will take the husband in consideration, if he is wealthy, that he should spend according to that on his wife and his children. If he's not so wealthy, affluent person, he's a poor person, or just making ends meet, so in a case like that, he spends according to his means. So the wife should not have more than high expectations and now go put the husband in debt and take him to prison and make court cases. When she knows the financial status of the husband, he is looking after her, not that he is neglecting his duties or deserting her. No, he is fulfilling his rights. So therefore, the wife should not be over demanding as well. Then obviously we have another issue here. That whether it's the furniture, whether it is the uh, kitchen units, whether it is the sofa or whatever else we want to speak about, that is a norm in society. So all that should be provided for by the husband. And he can't go impose upon his wife that you must come and bring the fridge or you must bring a stove and you must bring that. That's incorrect. You cannot do so. Yes, if the wife's family willingly, they want to do certain things, they want to give the fridge or the freezer or the bedroom suite or what ever else. So that is fine. In Islam we have something called Al-Jahiz. And Jahiz is that uh, the husband now when he gets married, the wife brings certain things from her home. So her parents gave their daughter certain things and she brought that to the marital home. So that was her contribution, although not compulsory, but she brought that. And today they call it a trousseau. Trousseau actually today is more of a terminology used in non-Muslim 
names They're more concerned about the clothing And whatever else But jahiz is the proper term we would use That is the gifts that the wife brings To the matrimonial home So that would be the better translation As far as Islamic terminology goes Then we discuss the nafaka. And Nabi alayhi salatu salam emphasized this so many a time. Nabi alayhi salam addressing the husband said, Fattakullaha fin nisa, fear Almighty Allah regarding your wives. For innakum akhaltumu hunna bi kalimatillah, you have taken them with the name of Almighty Allah. Was tahlaltum furuja hunna bi kalimatillah, their private parts have become a halal for you because you use the name of Almighty Allah. Therefore, we need to be very careful, rather give more to our wives then being stingy and miserly that is not befitting for a Muslim husband however it works both ways therefore a marriage is built on partnership and the wife should not be over demanding the husband should not be miserly and stingy so in that way they will inshallah be in a steady boat and they will be able to sail and move over all the waves and obstacles in that marriage of theirs inshallah Inshallah. If you just join us, the program is called Al-Fiqh Al-Madhahib Al-Arba'ah, that is jurisprudence according to the four schools of thought. And today we're discussing rights of the spouses. Mufti Sahib, what are the rights that the husband has? The rights that the husband has over his wife is, as mentioned in the Quran, فَالصَّالِحَاتِ قَانِتَاتِ حَافِذَاتِ لِلْغَيْبِ بِمَا حَافِذَ اللَّهِ That that wife should try and be as pious as possible. Qanitat, obedient as possible. This obedient is not obedience of a slave and a master. And that is what the enemies of Islam and the Orientalists try and portray the picture. It's very, very different. This obedience is based on love and respect. That the wife feels, my husband is doing so much for me. Therefore, let me also try and explain and show my love to him. And let me respect him as well. So that is what we are speaking about, obedience. And when the husband is not there, then she protects his assets and the wealth and everything else. She protects her own chastity. She does not allow strangers to come in her home. So if she's alone there, somebody rings the bell, knocks the door, and it is a male or even a female for that matter. And that female is someone who the husband does not approve of that she should associate with. So the husband has all the right to prevent her that the person from entering his home and he can tell his wife that I do not like that lady's company she's a bad influence on you she is teaching you the wrong things so that also is acceptable in Islam so what we would say is that she should not allow any strange men to come in her home with the absence of a husband so that is that they look after that and thereafter, obviously, that the rights of the wife, as Nabi alayhi salatu salam said, that the husband cannot be beating her and assaulting her, so that would not be acceptable. Wala tahajur illa fil bayt. And even if you have to, you know, withhold the conjugal rights, that should be done in your own home. When you go for a holiday to someone's house, or you are in public with your family or whatever, then those secrets should not come out. No, give us 
two separate beds that uh, or two separate bedrooms. My wife will sleep there, I will sleep there because we have a problem in our marriage. Our marriage is turned sour. So these are wonderful lessons Nabi alayhi taught us that when you eat, ensure that your wife also eats. When you wear your clothes, so make sure your wife also wears the clothes. Meaning, you are responsible. It can't be that a husband is eating the best of sweets and fruits and whatever else and his wife is just having an ordinary staple diet. That is not befitting and right. So likewise, the husband cannot be wearing his fancy kurtas or fancy suits or whatever else and his wife, he buys the dress once a year or twice a year but he wants to be always in mint condition. So it doesn't work that way in Islam. So all this has to do bil ma'roof. It must be done with equity and justice. And likewise, wala tadribil waj. You cannot hit her on the face. So Nabi alayhi has prohibited that completely. So look at Islam's teaching more than 1400 years ago that Islam has taught us the rights of our wives. And above all that, Nabi alayhi said that khayrukum khayrukum li ahlikum wa ana khayrun li ahli. That the best of you are the best of you to your wives and your children. And I am the best to my wives and to my children. So the whole world can say a person is bad, but if the wife and children of that particular person say he's good, inshallah by Allah and Nabi alayhi is good. And the whole world can say a person is good, but if the person's wife and children say he's bad, then by Allah and Allah's Nabi alayhi also he'll be bad. So it shows that that is the criteria Islam has used, because today many of us are sanctimonious, we have a double identity, in public we put up an external show of piety and people feel that this person is a paragon of piety but when we are at home the oppression and the way we hurt the feelings mentally or physically or psychologically the way we harm our spouses our wives or our children for that matter so that leaves a lot to be desired so Islam wants that consistency in our public and private life Jazakallah Mufti Sab, still carrying on the subject of the rights of the spouses. Mufti Sab, what about conjugal rights, both for the male and female, husband and wife? As we mentioned that when we spoke about rights, we said that, you know, many a time the husbands, the mistake they make, and sometimes this mistake leads to very dire and serious consequences. That is, they feel that they're giving the best of house, they gave the best of food, they gave the best of clothes, and they fulfill their duties which is incorrect. Husband-wife relationship, Quran has mentioned, وَلَهُنَّ مِثْلُ الَّذِي عَلَيْهِنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Our wives, they have the same amount and similar amount of rights like you, the husband, have over them. And Allah goes in front and says, وَلِلْرِجَالِ عَلَيْهِنَّ دَرَجَةِ For the men, there is a degree and a right over his wife. He has the right of imarat, of leadership. So the leadership always will be the husband. But that does not mean dictatorship. Leadership means, imarat means that you're the amir, that you are given extra added responsibilities. And you're not the amir. Amir means you are the dictator. Just carry out everything without mashura, without discussion, without mutual arrangement. That is against the spirit of Quran. Quran says, There should be mashura between the husband and wife. The second issue here we need to clarify is that a wife, a woman, Allah has made her such that she wants that warmth, she wants that love from the husband. He must spend prime time with his wife. 
Today we find that couples, what happens to them? Eventually the husband takes his wife for granted or the wife takes the husband for granted and then slowly they, talk, they go in their own directions. That the shine and glitter of that marriage is no more. So when we speak of the conjugal rights, it's not only conjugal rights, it is much more than that. Number one, Quran says, وَآشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Allah is interceding on behalf of our wives to the husbands. Oh, your husbands, treat your wives with equity, with justice. Yes, they are not perfect. They might have one, two qualities, one, two habits that you dislike. فَإِن كَرِهْتُمُوهُنَّ فَأَسَىٰ أَن تَكْرَهُ شَيْئًا وَيَجْعَلَ اللَّهُ فِي خِيرٍ كَثِيرًا Maybe your wife is not a wonderful cook. Maybe your wife does not have the best of features. But her akhlaq, her character. Tomorrow when she gives birth to that handsome son or beautiful daughter, you are so happy and you say, it's my child. But the child came from her. Or when the child becomes a qari or an alim or a mufti or a pilot or whatever else, now you want to say, it is my son, it is my daughter, and look at how beautiful she is or whatever else. So do not only look at the negative, look at the positives also. Are you perfect, O husband? No. How many weaknesses and shortcomings we have as husbands. So that is the lesson Quran is teaching us. Next one. Nabi alayhi salatu salam and Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. They used to go for races. Today which husband is prepared to go and race with his wife? This is the akhlaq Nabi alayhi salatu salam. So when we have that mutual love, when we have that mutual respect for one another, that will lead to the conjugal rights as well. And what will happen? That the wife will always be prepared to fulfill the conjugal rights of the husband. But if the husband is a person who is harsh and who treats his wife badly, then she will always want, you know, she'll get turned off what we call nowadays. And she will not want to fulfill the conjugal rights of the husband because the condition is not conducive in that home there. So therefore we we as men, we need to understand these issues very, very well. And if you want to take it further, in the time of Sayyidina Umar bin Khattab radiallahu ta'ala and a lady came and she said, Ya Miral Mu'mineen, Ya Miral Mu'mineen addressing Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an, Inna zawji yasumun nahar wa yaqumul layl, My husband is so pious, daytime is fasting, and nighttime is reading tahajjud salat. I do not want to complain about him, because he is so busy engaged in the, in the, in the obedience of Allah. So Sayyidina Umar said, after hearing that, Ni'ma zawj, how the wonderful, excellent husband your, husband your husband is. She repeated her words. Again, Sayyidina Umar repeated the same answer. Kaab Asadi radiallahu anhu was there. And he said, Ya Miral Mu'mineen, this lady is complaining about her husband. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu got a shock. He said, what do you mean? So you understood what she's saying? Now you pass the verdict. Sayyidina Umar appointed Sazat Kaab and said, now you pass the verdict. So Kaab radiallahu anhu summoned the husband and said that your wife came and she's complaining so when we hear one side of the story, story, we cannot just pass judgment. So you call, he called the husband and he said, yes, that I am doing this, but I give enough food, I give enough drink, enough clothing, all these things here. So he read some poetry and then the, she read some poetry and the husband read poetry. Kaab radiallahu anhu said after that, Allah has given you the right of four wives. For three nights you want to do that, fine, you read your tahajjud and everything, but one night you have to give to your wife from the four nights. Sayyidina Umar, who was observing all this, said, Wallahi ma adri, 
I am not sure, he said, am I more impressed with the verdict of Kaab radiallahu an, or am I more impressed with how this lady put her case forward? And Sayyidina Umar was so impressed with Kaab, he made him the Qazi of Basra in, in Iraq nowadays. So the lesson we, we derive from here is that Piety does not mean that we fast every day and we are engaged in ibadat the whole night and neglecting the rights of our wives. No. Piety means we fulfill the rights of Allah and creation simultaneously. Jazakallah, Muftisab. Unfortunately, we run out of time. What we can finish off with is, Muftisab, tell us what advice can you give couples to enhance their marriage before we finish off? Always the first advice we will give to people is, and especially newly wedded couples is, that Fattakullah, fear Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla. If a husband fears Allah, there will be no time to go and look for a mistress, go to escort agency, go to haram places, or flirt with other women, whether in the absence of a wife or at the places of work. And if the wife has taqwa, then she will be guarding her chastity, she would be loyal, faithful to her husband. So that is the foundation for a wonderful and solid marriage. There must be that mutual trust. They must have that confidence in one another. My husband will not do wrong, inshallah, because he has the fear of Almighty Allah. My wife will not do wrong, the person will say, because inshallah, she fears Almighty Allah. So that is why on the occasion of the nikah, the sermon and khutbah that is read, all revolves around taqwa. That is the initial foundation. Thereafter, I always say three things, and that will enhance our marriages, or four things, in fact, we should try and do. Number one is smile. When last do we smile with our spouses? We come and we just lose our temper. The food is not ready. Why are the children making so much noise? Why is this? Why is that? And we find that we cannot even smile with our wives. Go home today and just smile. Oh, wives, when your husband comes, just smile. Don't say anything, just smile. And see that smiling will ease that message automatically. He also will smile. That is the impact of smile. Nabi alayhi salatu salam said, وَلَا تَحْقِرَنَّ مِنَ الْمَعْرُوفِ شَيْعَى وَلَوْ أَن تَلْقَى أَخَاقَ بِوَجْهٍ تَلْقَ What wonderful hadiths. Do not belittle any good deed. So much so, even if you have to smile with your Muslim brother. So it shows Muslim brother to brother, sister to sister, husband to wife, wife to husband. So we need to smile. Today we are all caught up in the rat race. We've got no time to smile. Next one, make salam to one another. As-salam qabla al-kalam. Before we speak, make salam. Awala adullukum ala shay'in idha fa'altumuhu tahababtum afshud salama baynakum. Must I not show you that action, that if you do it and carry it out, it will generate mutual love. Afshud salama baynakum. Make salam customary amongst you. The next one, Nabi alayhi salatu salam said, tahaddaw tahabu. Husbands, you gave mahal to your wife on the day you got married. That is not sufficient. You need to give on a weekly basis or monthly basis something extra to your wife so that in that way she can also buy and purchase her personal things. And you should not question her about that. You should have her confidence and her trust. So that is how this marital life will become a blissful one. So give gifts to one another. Because for inna al-hadiyya tatuzibud it will remove that inner 
um, hatred and malice and rancor. So all that would be eliminated. So we have smiling, we have salam, greeting, we have um, sharing of gifts. So occasionally you as the wife also buy something for your husband. And the fourth one is, oh husband and wife, share the same utensils. Our Nabi salam would study Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha when she would drink the water or juice. Not only take that cup or glass and drink, the side from where she drank, Nabi alayhi salam would drink from there. In that way, showing Humaira, showing our mother Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, Humaira, the one with the red, red complexion and skin and cheeks, that, oh Aisha, my beloved, oh Aisha, my wife, that I have so much time for you. In this way, we learn to pay compliments to one another, either verbally or through our actions. Jazakallah, alhamdulillah May Allah give us all the tawfiq and hidayah To fulfill our rights of our spouses From myself, Muhammad Musa Bera Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain It's fi amanillah Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh